My name is Caleb. I lead the creative and production teams at DCC. Thank you so much for listening to a Church in the City podcast. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to update you with some very exciting news on the Roots Project and its partner project, Miracle Grow. Since early February of 2023, we've been raising money to put a down payment on a church building on the northwest side of Grand Rapids. And as of today, May 1st, we've raised all of that money and even more thanks to God's perfect timing and the generosity of so many people who were obedient to his nudges. Uh, Because of this, we were able to close on the building and the first phase of renovations begins immediately. We had a small gathering of some of us tonight in the building, praying and worshiping and just being thankful to God for his faithfulness in knowing that we wouldn't be a mobile church forever. It feels so good to know that this place is our home now, and we're just so excited to dig in and like move in and make it our home. Uh, Because of that, that means we're not done uh, fundraising yet. Our next financial milestone is another fifty dollars to $80,000 to further phase one renovations on the building, help us get it furnished and just, you know, move in. Uh, we've got a lot of people partnering with us and we're asking that you join us as well. I want to invite you to take a minute, go before God and just say, what would you have me do? Is there a way that I can partner with DCC, The Roots Project or Miracle Grow? Is there a way that I could share the information about this stuff with some people around me? Um, My boss, a coworker, a friend, somebody in my family, um, seeing if maybe they would want to partner with us on this project. Uh, Everything you need to know about The Roots Project is at achurchinthecity.org slash roots. There's also a link in the show notes. There you'll find our goals for the project, the building, you'll find a way to donate, uh, and just a, like a little thing about donating, like, I mean, if you've got five bucks, you've got five bucks you just give in accordance with what, you know, God shows you that you have to give. Um, speaking of that, if it's not money, but you've got time or skills, we're looking for volunteers. Uh, and that's our program miracle grow. So like right now we need some help with demolition of some old walls. We've got to rip up carpet, all that stuff. Um, You can find out more about that, or like if you're a general contractor or an electrician, you've got like a specific skill you'd like to lend. You can find out more about that at a churchinthecity.org slash miracle grow. And again, there's a link in the show notes. With that, I want to thank you for listening. I want to pray that you enjoy this message, that it enriches and encourages you today. And then it serves in towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. All right, so look, uh, I want to do a quick update on the building and the building project, fundraising project, um, where we're at with all of this stuff. Uh, a lot of really exciting things kind of took place. I mean, obviously been taking place over the last, you know, couple of months. And I just want to say um, from my heart, uh, from all the leaders here, um, thank you, DCC. Thank you so much. You, <laughs> yeah, give yourselves a hand. Um, <laughs> you, you, y'all showed up. Y'all showed up. I mean, just 
this was amazing. So if you don't know, um, we were able to get to our first milestone, which was our $150,000 down payment. Yeah, amen. Praise God. So that happened last week, right toward the end. <laughs> it was coming down to the wire. We knew it was happening. It was all good. God had the whole thing. Um, but I don't know if you know this about God. He has a tendency to want to show off. It's not because he's prideful or arrogant. He just, he's just that great. Anyway, and um, so it's all done. That part, it's great. Uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m., um, we close on the building. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Ten years, ten years, actually, ten plus years of uh, being mobile and uh, being uh, setting up and tearing down every Sunday and not having space to really uh, feel like we had that kind of that headquarters and, and that place where we could, you know, um, really gather together uh, in, in, in more meaningful ways and not meaningful, but more regular ways, I guess is probably a better way to say it, and really uh, a community that we can invest in. So just really, really cool. So um, the next thing happening is tomorrow night at 6 p.m. We have an Occupy event, okay? So if you're interested, if you're available, I know it's last minute, 1711 Walker, come on down at 6 p.m. We're just going to be praying, we're going to be worshiping, and we're just going to be thanking God for what he's done. So just show up, pop by. Don't feel like, oh, if I show up at 6.05, of course, nobody at DCC feels this way anyway. If I show up at 6.05, I'm going to be late. I know y'all don't care about that anyhow. So that's cool. Um, just, just come. I mean, we'll probably be there for at least an hour and just really just um, giving God some glory, walking around the room, walking around the building, walking around the property, and just taking possession, okay? We're taking possession, family, all right? So that's tomorrow at 6 p.m. Now, the next thing is that we've got some renovations to do, all right? So the space is great, okay? But right now, you'll see it tomorrow if you go. The sanctuary is just kind of like there was seats that were bolted to the ground, so those are all gone, and there's, there's bolts sticking up. We need new flooring. We've got to put some paint uh, on the walls, there's some work that needs to be done in the entry room and some IT infrastructure that we need to do in order to really run uh, Sunday morning uh, gatherings out of there. So that's the next step. That's going to be happening over the next four, I'll say four to six weeks. Our goal is to be moved in in June, okay? Not the beginning of June, probably the middle to the end of June is the goal to really be moved in and, and ramped up. So our goal is to be in before the 4th of July. Let's just put it that way. All right. So like I say, there's work to be done. All right. Now we need. All right. We're raising another fifty thousand dollars. You're like, man, we just did this. I know. I know. remember our goal was two fifty in the beginning. Yeah, well, it kind of still is. But phase one, we can get done for fifty thousand dollars. And that's flooring and paint and the things that I just mentioned. We've got a ton of stuff that's donated. We've got people that are, we've got, we've got a business that's literally going in and rebuilding cabinetry in the front space, and they're donating that. They're donating the materials. They're donating the time. We've got people that are donating light fixtures in the sanctuary. So a lot of this is donated, but we're still trying to raise some money. We've got, of that 50000 now here's the cool part. Already today on Sunday, didn't even sign on the building, We've got 30,000 of that already. Okay, so praise God. Over 50% of that. So listen, we're not going to stop the momentum that we have. We're, uh, we're going full steam ahead in this thing. So we've already got that 30. We're trying to raise some more. Now, here's a cool thing, right? You say to yourself, well, 
You know, I'm not like, you know, one of those people that runs around and gives $10,000 checks. That's cool. Me neither. Um, we had somebody come, I had somebody come to me and say, listen, I've got $500 and I want to turn that $500 into $1,000. Okay. So let people know on Sunday morning that any donation they give until we get to 500 literally is double. Okay. So if you give five bucks, you just gave 10 bucks. If you gave 20 bucks, you just gave 40 bucks. If you gave 50 bucks, you just gave 100 bucks, and so on and so forth. You can do the math. So anyway, that's a really cool thing, because sometimes we look at ourselves, man, I, you know, I got five bucks. Okay, cool. You just gave 10. So it doesn't have to be a lot. And on top of that, um, as Scott mentioned, there are a lot of volunteer opportunities. We start demo on Wednesday. Like I said, we're not stopping. The train is rolling, baby. So Wednesday, we're going to start tear out. We can save $1,500 if we tear out the carpet ourselves instead of hiring someone to do that. So things like that. So I'm looking for four people, okay? And you don't have to raise your hand now. I'm looking for four people for Wednesday night and Thursday night at 6 p.m. to help Jeff Ferrier and his team do some demo, okay? So if you say to yourself, hey, I've got some availability on Wednesday night or Thursday night, and I could give some time, again, that's just a great way to give, and no skill required. Can you swing a hammer, sledgehammer? Can you pull up carpet from the floor? Okay, cool, you're, you're my guy. Okay, so four people. So if that's you, if you're like, hey, I could do that, Tim Mannard right there behind that camera, that handsome-looking uh, silver-haired gentleman is your guy. Go to him, talk to him, say, Tim, I'm your guy. Put me to work, tell me where to be, tell me what to do, and he will get you fixed up. All right. So I think that's about it for that. Can we just give the Lord a clap? I mean, I just, I'm, I'm just so blown away by this whole thing. This is uh, really cool. So um, it seems like we already had church this morning, so you probably all don't even need to hear me preach, um, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bore you anyway. So sorry about that. <laughs> But listen, the Lord is really stirring me up for some things, and I really want to share them with you this morning. And um, as usual, uh, the things that I'm going to share with you are the things the Lord is doing in me. So a lot of it's going to be a little bit raw, um, and I'm, I'm never that polished anyhow. But, um, but I want to start with reminding us of the message that I, I shared on Palm Sunday, um, which was entitled, What is Truth? Okay, and part of that message, I, I said this, okay? I said, let us ask ourselves. Let's ask ourselves, when, when my back is up against the wall, when every enemy that could possibly come against me comes at me with everything that they have, when my best friends betray me, when everyone leaves me, when I lose everything tangible and the whole world rejects me, what is the truth that I cling to? What is the anchor of my soul? When all of hell comes against me, does what I believe and say about myself, my circumstances, and the world around me stay consistent with what God says about those same things? And then I told you that I am my worst enemy. 
We talked about a lot of things that morning. And um, just shortly after that, I was listening to a, a podcast um, from, from a, a church that I, I listen to their stuff a lot and, and really like a lot of their stuff. Um, and the Lord really kind of brought me a little tweak. He said, Kev, look, what you shared, what we, you know, this was good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But look, it's only half the story. So I want to share a message this morning called Airtime. When I was a kid, when I was young, when I was in middle school, I remember, and I can still remember this very, very distinctly. There was something, it was, I don't know if I was weird, I don't know if other people were like this. But I literally would sit up with friends like into the wee, wee, wee hours of the morning calling over and over, trying to get on the radio. Did anybody ever do that? Anybody ever do that? You just, you just wanted to be on the radio so bad. The radio doesn't even exist anymore, does it? Does anybody even know? Somebody said to me, oh, I was listening to the radio the other day. I was like, you were listening to the what? <laughs> do they even have the radio anymore? I didn't even know that. Um, but apparently they do. Apparently it's still out there. I think it's on satellites now. But anyway, um, the radio back then was, was it. It was everything, right? I mean, we had cassettes, and, and um, we made mixtapes mix for girls, and, and uh, we listened to the radio late at night. And we would sit there, and I mean, with a rotary dial phone, <laughs> and just, you know, and just incessantly calling and calling, click, click, over and over and over and over all night long because we had nothing better to do because we were just, you know, middle school, you know, dorks. <laughs> they didn't mean it, dorks. I mean, whew. anyways, um, just to get on the radio, just to be on the air. And for some reason, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, that's what the enemy wants. He just wants to be on the air. He just wants your airtime. And I've been thinking about that over these past couple of weeks. And the Lord has been over and over, both myself and Jamie, more Jamie than me, um, convicting us. She's, yeah, she, anyway, she needs a lot. Of, pray for me. No, I'm, te I'm teasing. She's perfect. I'm serious. Absolutely 100%. Um, the uh, pure and un unadulterated uh, uh, picture of perfection. I'm serious. But I've been convicted. I've been convicted over what I'm allowing airtime in my life, what I'm allowing airtime in my own head, in my own heart, what I'm giving place to from my own mouth. All the enemy wants is to be listened to. He wants our airtime. Why? Why? Well, here's an interesting thought. I think it's interesting. You might not. Just don't tell me if you don't. In Psalm 22, in Psalm 22, uh, the psalmist writes that God 
sits enthroned upon the praises of his people. Okay? Maybe you've heard that. If you've been around church circles long enough, you've probably heard that the God sits enthroned upon the praise of his people. His presence inhabits the praise of his people. That word sits enthroned means to abide, right? Or to inhabit. So if literally when we get together and we praise God, right? When we, when we give space verbally, we say, God, God is so great. God is so amazing. When we just gave God a big clap over what he's done with this whole fundraising, the building and all the stuff, right? God, God, it creates a habitation, if you will, for God's presence. Well, if that's true, which I think it is, if that's true, let me ask you this question. If our praise creates a place for God to inhabit or sit enthroned, who or what does our negativity create a place for? When our words are filled with slander or criticism or gossip or faithlessness, who or what do you think we're creating a space for? This is why the enemy wants your airtime. Okay? He wants your airtime and he wants it really bad. See, on Palm Sunday, we talked about, you know, what is truth, right? And we talked about no longer listening to the broken record that plays in our hearts and minds. Talked about that, that that... There's that broken record that just keeps playing the same, same song and skipping and reminding us of our, our failures, recounting our past, our sin, all of this stuff, right? But it's not enough to just stop listening to lies and partnering with them. That's only half the battle. Friends, we have to fill the air with the voice of truth. We have to fill the air with what God says. I'll read this to you. This is a quote that I heard um, from Bill Johnson at Bethel Church. He said, The enemy cannot cool our affection for the Lord. He cannot dampen our desire for greater breakthrough. He cannot rob us of our zeal or our love for Jesus. But what he can do is in fact what we carry. And he does that through offense, through rumor, through slander, through gossip. But only if he can involve us in those things. See, we've got a choice to make, right? We've got an opportunity. We can partner with those things. And through our partnership, we can invite that infection. We talked a little about shame this morning, right? At the end of the day, if you're in Christ, your sin does not define you. If you're in Christ, your failures do not define you. If you're in Christ, your past does not define you. If you're in Christ, Jesus defines you. And yet, I can speak for myself when I say I oftentimes partner with the lie 
and allow the things that I have done or am doing to be my definition. So what do we do? What do we do about this? Well, the Bible tells us that we must renew our minds. We must renew our minds. You say, well, that's, that's simple, Cav. That's, that's 101, right? Yeah, we all know about that. Okay, cool. So if that's the case, if we all know about that, and we all got that down pat, and we're all doing that so well, then why is it that I find myself operating differently <laughs> so often? Why is it that I find myself giving airtime to lies? Why is it that I find myself giving airtime to things that tear down instead of building up? Well, the answer is, friends, I'm on a journey. And I think so are you. And I think so are we. We're on a journey together, right? One of my favorite writers, Eugene Peterson, said, in the company of Jesus... There are no experts. We're only just beginners. So some of us have more time under our belt, and that's great. But at the end of the day, I know for me, the deeper I get into this thing, the deeper down this rabbit hole I go with Jesus, the more and more I realize that I need more and more of him. I need more and more of him invading the way I think, the way I behave, the way I operate every day. Right? So how do we do this, right? We say, well, we need to renew our minds. Okay, well, what, well okay, great, but, but how? What does that mean? Because ideally, right, ideally when we get born again and we say yes to Jesus, we would just have that renewed mind like today, right? Like right now, right? Because the reality is, is that when, you, when you're born again, right, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, right? So there's a new thing that's you, right? So you are like brand new. The Bible also tells us that we're fully complete in Christ, right? So there's this, there's this completion that takes place, and yet it takes time, and it takes effort, and it takes work for that completion to permeate every area of your life. And I know I'm not there yet, and I don't think there's probably anybody here who is. I mean, maybe my wife, but like, like I say, she's the picture of perfection. So then How? Because I'm going to use a word that we don't like to hear, but it's an important word, and it's the word responsibility. There's another word that we don't like to hear, and it's called participation. Okay, let's just be honest. God is the one who does the work. Okay, it's his work. It's Holy Spirit doing the work in us. And yet there's a requirement for us to participate with that work and to position ourselves in a place. That's why we say things and do things like this morning, hey, you know, we were talking about shame. Extend your hands. Well, what's that? Is that magical? No, it's, you're, just, you're just posturing yourself in a way that physically that reflects something that's happening in you spiritually and mentally, right? So like, why do we open it? Well, again, we're positioning ourselves to partner with the work of God in our lives, 
Okay, but there's still things that we need to do. We must recognize the things that are operating in our lives that are not from God. And especially when we're talking about this airtime, the things that we're listening to and the things that we're saying, the things that we're releasing into the atmosphere around us. There is power in your words. There is power in your declaration. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, meaning that though we live this life that we live in the body, right? Though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Who is taking every thought captive? We are. Who is tearing down fortresses and strongholds? We are. See, we want God to do it. And okay, let's be honest. He does the hard part. He does. He does. In the, in the you know, if you take, take the picture, Jesus talks, take the picture of two oxen yoked together. Jesus is the big seasoned ox that's doing all the work. And we're like the little one that's trying to, you know, pull the, pull the yoke off in the wrong direction and just kind of do it wrong. But at the end of the day, there's still a participation that's absolutely and 100% required. We are tearing down arguments and arrogance raised against the knowledge of of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So when your thoughts, when that whisper comes in, whether it comes in with shame, whether it comes in with criticism and negativity, whether it comes in with faithlessness and and tells you that you missed it, that it's been too long, that that promise isn't happening, that you've waited too long, you're waiting for something, and yet God's just never going to come through. When that voice comes in, you get to look at that thing and say, not today. And you take that thing captive. And you subject it. And you say, obey Jesus. Because Jesus says something different. Because Jesus says something contrary to that. Because the voice of truth, the voice of hope, the voice of life, the voice of love has a different word to say over that circumstance, over that situation, over that person, that person that just bugs you. That person that just gets under your skin, just no matter what you seem to do or say or try, they just, man, they rub you the wrong way. When you read Paul talk about the thorn in his flesh, you're like, yeah, I got some of those. Let me tell you their names. 
What does the voice of Jesus want to declare over those people? Over those relationships? Over those situations? I'm not talking about being foolish and sticking your head in the sand and pretending stuff's not real. I'm talking about listening to a different channel. I'm talking about changing the frequency. Turn the dial, friends. What is Jesus saying over that situation? Paul says in another place, in Romans chapter 12, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, there's an engagement that's required here. That we are, yes, we are being transformed. This is the work of God, the transformation in our lives. But we are, we are presenting ourselves, we are engaging in this process of renewing our minds. And how do we do that? We listen to the words of Jesus. Here's a start. Let's open this baby up. Yeah, but it's so much. I don't know where to start. Okay, read John. Well, yeah, what do we read after that? First John? It's the sequel. And then read second John and third John. Then when you're done with that, come ask me again. Don't start in Genesis. Just don't do it. Start in John. Yeah, but I, I don't have a lot of time. I know me neither. But I don't have time not to engage in these. And this message isn't about reading your Bibles, friends, although it is. This message, this talk, what I'm saying is about changing the declaration which changes the atmosphere, which changes our city, which changes our families, which changes our nation, which changes the world, friends. My friend John was here a couple weeks ago. I've known John for 20 years, and I love John so much. It was just really a blessing for me to have him here and share with us. And, and <clears throat> I mean, what, what he was saying was so profound and powerful that we, the church, are being positioned to be the subject matter experts on all things, life and godliness. Because there's coming a time where there will be so much misinformation and so much confusion and so much of a shaking going on that people aren't going to trust anything. And yet, friends, if we can be that voice in our workplaces, in our family, at the gas station, and at the grocery store, with our friends, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, if we can be partnering our words with the words of Jesus, we get to set the tone for all of it. And at the end of the day, this is what we're supposed to be doing, is being agents of change, salt and light. 
Okay, get some food and dump salt all over it. Guess what? It's changed forever. Try to unsalt it. Walk into a dark room and flip on a light. It's different. The only way you can make it unlight is by turning the light off. Salt and light, friends. Paul says in another place, in Colossians 3.2, he says, Set your minds on things above, not on the things that are on earth. To be mindful of the things of the Spirit is life and peace versus being carnally minded, which he says is death. Set your minds. Make a choice. Make a decision. Do it on purpose. Because if you do it on accident, I don't know about you, because maybe you have better defaults than I do, but my defaults aren't always the greatest. Okay, my defaults, if I operate on just like default settings, man, it's not always good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of things that come out of me that, that are not consistent with what I believe that Jesus is saying. Be intentional. Be consistent. Say, yes, Jesus, I want to set my mind on the things that you're saying. He says in another place in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Spend your mental energy pondering those good things. Honorable, right, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Think on those things. Again, this isn't something passive that's happening to you. This is a choice that we're making. I know. I'm saying the same thing over and over again. I know. I know I'm doing it on purpose because I don't get it yet. If I really, really got it, I'd be living different. I'm just being honest, okay? And listen, I'm telling you, I have been so convicted in the last couple of weeks, and Jamie can testify to this, just, just, and, and we've really started to hold one another accountable, which is really cool and awesome, frustrating, <laughs> very frustrating in the moment, you know? It's like... You're being negative. I know I'm being negative, you know. <laughs> I would never yell at my wife. Just a dog. <laughs> Poor dog. Not really. Don't feel bad for him. He hasn't made. It's ridiculous. Listen to this one. Ephesians chapter 4. You are to rid yourselves... That's good. You are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, 
which is in the likeness of God, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Rid yourselves. Put on, put off. Again, these are active statements. These are things that we are doing. If anyone told you that being a Christian doesn't take any action, they were lying to you. Yes, we don't become Christians through our own merits. And if we're trying to earn salvation by our works, we're doing it wrong, friends. Jesus made a way where there was no way, and he did it all for you because you couldn't, and I couldn't, and there was no way. It wasn't happening. Fully complete by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. But as followers of Jesus, there are things that we need to do. I hope this is making sense, and I hope I'm not bumming anybody out because I hope you didn't come in this morning thinking, man, Kevin's going to tell us we don't have to do anything. We could just skate through life, and Jesus is going to do it all. It's like floating down the lazy river. That would be cool, and I'm pretty sure there's probably a church that preaches that gospel somewhere, but it ain't here. Last Last passage, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Trust. Lean not. Acknowledge. My favorite things about that passage is that word acknowledge. And it comes from the Hebrew word yada. And the Hebrew word yada means to know. Yada, 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 you know, you know, you know, right? Yada means to know. And the first time we see that word appear in the scripture, it's in Genesis, where Adam knew his wife, and she became pregnant with their first son. See, the word yada is an intimate knowledge. We read furthermore in Genesis where Moses it says that Moses knew God face to face as a man knows his friend. And that's again that word yada. It literally means a face to face intimate knowledge, right? This is, this is the engagement that I'm talking about. I love the word that came this morning of Jesus about just pressing into Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If there's one thing that we ever, 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 ever want to do, it's to know him and to make him known. And I know you just said that's two things. No, it's one. It's Jesus. To know him, to make him known. It's what we're here. It's why we get out of bed. It's what we do. It's what we're for. It's what it's all about. It's what it all comes down to is to know him face to face. Jesus paid the ultimate price, friends, so that we could have a face to face and intimate relationship with the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our creator, he made a way where there was no way. He became the door. He didn't just open a door. He became the door. So that we could acknowledge him in all of our ways. So 
So what are we listening to? And what are we partnering with? I heard a message about prophecy a long, long time ago. And it was interesting because I just, I just found it a, a really kind of cool way to look at it. The, the speaker was talking about, you know, when we prophesy, we're literally allowing our words to come forth in tandem with the words of God that's already going forth, and they do this. And I just thought it was a really, really cool way of looking at it. Because at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but God's never forced me to prophesy anything. He's never forced me to pray in tongues. He's never forced me to do anything. He didn't force us to plant the church. He doesn't force me. What he does is invite me. He invites me to participate. And so when I do it, when my words come out and his words are coming and they come together, it, it, it's this beautiful and amazing thing. But the same is true when we partner our words with darkness. Ooh, almost, carpet tried to kill me. Listen, the world that we live in is crazy. Okay? The wheels are off the bus. Has anybody seen this gif? I send this one all the time of the dumpster on fire floating down the river. Okay, I use that one on a regular basis. That's what it feels like. It's getting worse. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And it's only getting worse. Okay? But here's the deal. We're not called to redeem the world system. Let Satan have it. We're not called to redeem the world system. We're called to partner with Jesus in his mandate to seek and save that which is lost. We're called to reach out our hand to broken men, women, and children, offering them a new and better way of living. Life as it was made to be lived in communion with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Life without limits, now and into the age to come. But in order to do that, we must operate with a renewed mind. A mind that sees ourselves, our situations, and everything around us from God's perspective. From the perspective of heaven. Take this as an example, okay? This is a question that was recently asked to me. Are there murders, not just to me, to others, are there murders, murderers, mur 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 yep. Talk, talking is tough. Need coffee. Are there murderers or homosexuals in heaven? What about transgender people? Well, what about gossips or slanderers? 
or people that cause division. Or let's ask the question another way. Is there a way for a person that struggles with or has failed in any kind of sin to be in heaven? Of course there is. His name is Jesus. If there is no hope for people who sin to be saved, I don't know about you, but I'm in big trouble. Furthermore, who do we think we are to determine which sins are worse than others? If Jesus chose to bear them all in his body on the cross, then he says redemption paid the price for all of them. The truth of the gospel is that we are in Christ. And if we are in Christ, then our sins and our failures are not our definition. Jesus is. The enemy wants people to define themselves by their desires, or better yet, their sin. Because if they define themselves in that way, there's no way out. Because if something is your nature, it's hopeless. It's yours. You are that thing. We are what we are. So if it's your nature, there's no way out. But heaven says, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Friends, remember, it's not enough to stop listening to lies and to stop partnering with them. We must fill the air. We have got to fill the air. We get to be creative partners with God. We get to partner with him in this work of redemption. Listen, the band can come. Let's stand to our feet. And I just want to pray for us this morning. So you go back into a time of worship through music as a response. I don't know about you, and I've been doing this here for the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to do it again. I don't know about you, but maybe some of us here or some of us at home need to repent. And repentance is a beautiful thing. It's his loving kindness that leads us to repentance. And all that means is just to say, God, I'm putting that down here, and I'm picking up the thing that you have for me, and I'm going to go that way with you. Right? And so this morning, I just want to call us to repentance. I want to repent for where I have partnered with my words, and I have given airtime to the voice of darkness in my life. And where I've given airtime to the things that darkness has to say about the people around me, about the situations around me, about my circumstances, about who I am, about any of it. So if that's you, then let's just pray together. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. King of kings, Lord of lords. And Lord, we do just repent, Lord. We repent for where we have allowed our voices to partner with the wrong voices. We repent for where our negativity has created a habitation for the things that we don't want in our lives. 
We just put those things down and we just say yes to everything you have for us again this morning, Jesus. We love you so much. We're so grateful and so honored that we get to be a part of this amazing family, this family of God that you've brought us into. We just want what you want, Jesus. It's all we ever wanted. We just want what you want. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode of A Church in the City. If you could use prayer for anything in your life, we would be honored to partner with you. Send us an email to prayer at dccgr.org. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and then share this episode with a friend so that we're fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Before we go, a quick reminder about our fundraising for The Roots Project. You can get involved in a bunch of different ways by going to a churchinthecity.org slash miracle grow. Thanks, and until next time, goodbye.